Hello, my name is Lenore Swiston, and I'm the host of Civically Speaking on CFCR, Saskatoon's community radio station. And with me in this part two of a two-part series kind of focusing on civic issues in the month of December in the year of 2021 is Aria Vivi and Carrie Tarasov. And we've been talking about the civic budget and kind of, you know, talking about this kind of 3.85 and 3.5 something that's going to be happening on the operating side in 2022-2023 and some of the diversion, all puns in, on waste diversion going from the property tax over to a utility in the hopes that it might mitigate something. Um, the big debates out on that, we'll see, but we know it's going to hit people's pocketbooks. But I want to go here to Carrie, jumping to you first. You've, you've been tweeting about some of this stuff, as has been your partner, but you also tweeted about something that happened in this around the curling component that you've been pretty vocal about. You want to share what happened there? And then, Ari, I want to go to, I want to, go to something that's been kind of your, your pet project, and we're going to go there on around some fees after that. Yeah, so the announcement that, uh, as I've been given it, is that the city is going to uh, do a tax abatement on the curling rinks in Saskatoon, which will um, give them viability into the future for sure. And uh, it, but it won't kick in until mid July next year. So they've still had this tax increase and during the pandemic, all of this huge cost. And of course they use water and things too. So all of the other stuff still goes up, but at some point after July of next year, for the, at least those next two years, it looks like uh, curling rinks can take a bit of a break, put some money back into their curling rinks because they're running tight on places and then move ahead. And I mean, we just had a major curling event and I think it was well received in the city, the amount of money that generated. And also we had the World Juniors and the Olympic trials at the same time. And I got into both events a little bit and I was very happy to see what was going on. I think uh, it's it's good for our city and uh, it's also good for a lot of people in our city. So I, I appreciate that council did this and I thanked them as soon as I found out I did a video and dumped it on purpose because I have been so critical to try to get them to motivate to finally do something after all these years. So, Well, and I think, you know, maybe there is some value to being on the outside, Carrie, and making awareness on issues. You know, so you might want to take a little bit of personal credit on that uh, along. No, but along with along with and hats off to the curling community for lobbying, you know, in terms of because that's what they did. They lobbied alongside with you being a public voice to say we matter. You give tax abatements to other organizations and we believe that it, you know, we're part of that umbrella of kind of recreational and cultural amenities. And we think we need to be considered, too. So. You know, I pre sometimes you got to give acknowledgement where acknowledgement is, is needed. And it'll be interesting to, to see over the long run. But I, so just I wanted to bring awareness to that because, you know, sometimes councils are listening, you know, even when we think they're not. So um, but all right, to your point that you've been going on around things like parking and revenues around that, that's been a, a main thing for you and around uh, utilization of some of our underutilized recreational facilities and how we can maybe repurpose them at different points of that. I mean, we saw the chief announce about part, you know, part of a vacant police building somewhere downtown on First Avenue being repurposed for shelters in the downtown. And, you know, I, we didn't really hear much around parking 
um, you know, or any of that in terms of the budget, which sometimes gets nitpicked apart. So your thoughts on that, on those two? First, kudos to the city for saying, take the building for 10 bucks for a winter shelter. Yeah. Okay. That was the right way to do. That's a city appropriately taking care and working with working with its residents and the tribal council saying, we're going to staff that up with volunteers or elders. We're going to look after that part. Perfect. That's the way it should work. Um, so back to the parking tickets, Randy Donauer about four months ago, petitioned the government to asking for a change to allow for a lien to be put on license plates, uh, renewals yeah. for outstanding parking tickets and things like that. Where that's sitting, who knows? But I mean, my philosophy has always been, if you take care of the quarters, the dollars take care of themselves. And so, I mean, I look at it a couple of things. One, if we're owed money, let's go get it. Okay. If you want to turn around, and I was just looking on Amazon, you can buy a license plate scanner for a couple of hundred bucks, and the city could release an Excel sheet every week to every tow truck driver in the city. They can download it. They find the plate. They go, they tow it. It's done. The city gets part of its revenue back. Perfect. I love it. Do it. You know, get people out there working. Photo radar, ramp that puppy up. Okay. And I mean, this is my particular thing. Okay. It's another syntax. So go ahead, ramp it up. The only thing I would add to every photo radar box is a large neon sign in front of it that says photo radar here. Okay. If you still get a ticket, you deserve to pay it at that point. Okay, but let's start to doing around and getting the revenues that we can get and have them self-sufficient, have them do stuff. The police budget's getting big. Let them do what they do to go out and get revenue. I'm okay with that. Okay, if they want to start blitzing cell phones, blitz cell phones. They want to blitz speeding, blitz speeding. Go hard, get it done. (coughs) And stop taking it out of my pocket because I'm not going to get a speeding ticket. I'm not going to get a cell phone ticket. I'm not going to get those things. But we've all seen hundreds every day of people looking at their lap at a stoplight. Or you have to lay into the horn of the guy in front of you because he's too busy looking down to notice it has turned into a green light. That guy might as well pay for another cop to go on the street to start enforcing that. Uh, And for me, if we turn around and do that, then the police budget only goes up by 14%. We can hire some mental health response teams, which is solely needed. Like we need to have that alternate policing. I, I don't question that at all. Um, but we also can't go to what we've seen in the States where they start abandoning petty crime, right? And, you know, you lots of places and they say, well, shoplifting is not a crime anymore. We're not going to do it. And you see people, you know, smashing and grabbing $10,000 out of the Apple store and knowing full well there's no consequence. So that's what happens when you don't take care of the nickels and the dimes when it comes to the policing side. That's my worry. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. So a couple of those are a couple of touchstones. Okay. You know, we, we don't want to just focus on all the, yeah, this is, this is over the top or too much money spent here. Sometimes there's some stuff that's done. That's good, but there's still always room for improvement. I want to go there. So guys, we're moving into a who knows what situation in 2023 predictions what do you think is going to be happening in the city over the next year even though they've done a two-year budget and approved 3.5 something you know going into 2023 but what do you think is going to be happening in real time in 2022 
you know, where do you think things are going to go with municipalities based on your coffee row wisdom, your cyclical wisdom around things that you've seen just as a citizen of the city and around any other expertise you can lend to this? Just some of your thoughts. Where do you think 2022 is going for the city of Saskatoon? What do you think will be the hot button issues as we're talking about other strains of COVID, we're still wearing masks in stores, you know, there's still restrictions of one type or another. Where, where are we going guys? Well, so, I think, go ahead, Gary. Sorry. A few things. Well, we're not talking about rail. So you'll notice that that's completely gone. So if anybody's worried about sitting behind a train, forget that, because there is no discussion that I've even heard of anything about rail. So it's suddenly not an issue. So I guess we should all be happy about that. We're going to float over it at some point. We're living in a, in a budget stream that assumes that everything is still good. It's not really reflective of COVID, the amount of development, the amount of things that they're just going to go, 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 uh, except that what, we're going to build arenas and we're going to build all these things and we don't even know how many people can actually go in them at some point. We're still not quite sure. But I know what is going to hit is supply chain issues and it's going to hit the library, even though they've extended, and it's going to hit every other thing going on at the city. Supply chain costs, not just the costs of fuel and everything else that's going up, but the actual supply chain. You want to get a fridge, you want to get uh, a basic piece of equipment, all those costs have gone up and they're going further. And I work in buildings and that is a constant cladding, everything to go into a building. The price of lumber is about to go up again. And uh, so, you know, everything that we want to build that we've got a budget for is all tentative because the budgets for that are, were already updated before they even printed it. So where is that going to leave us? Well, there's going to be a whole bunch of inward looking or cutting of services to try to, well, we've already started this project. We've got to keep going. That's what's coming. Who's, who's expanding his business and building a third building. Um, and he's already eaten up his $30,000 contingency for it. And he has, and he's literally just poured the concrete foundation, but everything else is sort of jacked up so hard. I think what we're going to see in 2022 is the era of contract renegotiation. And you're going to see every organization who lives and breathes by the city contracts service they've signed come hat in hand begging for help. The SPCA has been the first one out of the chute. We signed an agreement, but oh, we just can't afford to do it. So we need more money. And it's sort of like, wait a minute, we had an agreement and well, we're going to close. Okay, we're going to, you're going to have to close. Like, I mean, I'm, I, I'm sorry at some point to sound cold, but I mean, the SPCA signed an agreement. They negotiated an agreement. They didn't get the animal control part of it, where, which is where the money is, not in the sheltering, but in the animal control. They gave away that part of the contract to a private third party. When they did that, they set themselves up. You know, and now they're coming back and asking for another, uh, I think it's $600,000 to operate. I'm like, whoa, wait a second. Okay, what's the next organization that's going to come back? <coughs> Who's going to be the next service partner of the city that says, well, I know we signed a contract with you based on our things, but things have changed. And would you kindly just change your end of the contract so that we can survive? And it's going to be hard to say no to some of those, but you're going to have to. Yeah, it's, inter it's interesting. Thanks. Thanks for that insight. Okay. So you've, you've said a couple of things there. I want to try, I want to test a couple of other ones that I've just written down on my little sheet of paper. Arena, 
Okay, you're on radio, so you got to. I know we're going to spend a couple. We're going to spend a couple million dollars for the next two years to talk about Arena, for a site that they supposedly picked years ago. The 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 site that they're putting the shelter into, by the way, that was police. They bought that building just recently to move the city people into because actually they'll need that for bus rapid transit for a new arena, and, uh, and then they also bought a parking lot because we needed to have that parking lot right now, which is on the other side of the Midtown Plaza. And then of course they bought Bows and Bells because we needed that site. So they're they're spending like crazy buying properties all over the place and people aren't paying attention that they're millions of dollars a pop. And meanwhile, what what we're waiting for the library to drill oil because that'll fund the library. Once they hit oil underneath a few of those gas station sites, it should bring in some cash, you know, even out. So even though they're extending out and they don't have any cost increase, even in this all this pandemic and supply chain issue, the library is still on budget. They must be the only project in this city of that scale that could even hope to be that close. And they haven't even started construction yet. So isn't that good? I mean, I feel warm and fuzzy just for that, knowing that. There's so much not being honest about what's going on in so many things in the city that the average citizen is just overwhelmed. They don't know better. Yeah, well, I don't know if I would. I mean, that's your words, honest. What it I is. It is my words. Be, yeah. And what I would say, you know, um, in a more neutral language is it's not quite transparent, you know, so the transparency of decision making may not be there. I want to go there just a little bit deeper before I go to you, Ari, just on that. When you just listed where all those properties are, what does that seem to denote in terms of a location of a proposed new arena? If I were a bet, if I were a betting man, the new arena is in the north parking lot of the Midtown Plaza. They've acquired that east property, which is north of the Hilton Garden Inn, because they need a bus rapid transit. They're going to tie it into something on the other side, maybe buy a few more buildings because it's only taxpayer money. And then they're negotiating apparently on the YMCA property, and they'll push through the parking lots all the way to beside uh, uh, the Cactus Club. Okay, so now I want to go. So now I want to go. I'm going to go over to Ari though, because I want to just test on this BRT, Bus Rapid Transit. Where is that in 2022? Exactly where it was in 2021. Okay, it's a pipe okay. dream. Okay, it so is. we're, we're going to get we're going to put a chart together, and I'm going to ask Sherry, Carrie's partner, <laughs> yep. to be doing this so that when we come back at the end of 2022, we check in. Let's see this, and I mean. Yeah. We're so the, now, the point now, of bus, hold on, let me just, the point of yeah, bus yeah. Rapid, rapid transit was to move people in and out of the downtown core in a rapid manner. There is nobody working in the downtown core in 2022. Okay. We'll still be remote. We will still be, and I think we'll still have, even after this is over, I think we'll still see a big shift in downtown um, occupancy. So why are we going to build a rapid transit system to a place where there's not a lot of people. Okay, if we had a rapid to... university transit, that's a whole different story. Okay, I want which is, that's an interesting one. I want to go there because I wrote this down on my sheet. Honest to goodness, guys. This one, vacancies downtown. What happens in 2022? It still keeps going up. Uh, too many people are starting to realize that they can work with first a smaller staff than they realize and that they don't need the bricks and mortar. And so my son's a good example. He's a computer scientist and where he has, they've got a big office. He hasn't actually sat at a desk in there for even a minute, probably in almost a year. He may never sit at a desk again 
they've they've taken over some more staff to try to create little cells, but at some point, too many of those people that are very uh, educated don't need to work in an office. Like I can work at home. I'm a draftsman, and I can work at home. Uh, I go in because it's advantageous, but there's a lot of jobs that people have learned. When you phone the city, you're not actually talking to somebody generally in the city. They're working from home. And you know what the irony of that is, Carrie? I drove by the city hall a couple days ago. Every light's on. (laughs) Yeah. Like literally. I want to go. I want to go there because the other one that I have written down here is climate change and the environment. What's happening in 2022 with the city of Saskatoon in regards to statements or actions around climate change and the environment? I see shaking of heads. Okay, well, the the city's moving up. The city's moving up a little bit on a few things, but it'll be interesting to see how seriously they take climate change because they approved the new inland steel site to go on a city-owned site. Is they're going to lease it to them? So by the city's own mandate, as far as I understand, that building has to be LEED certified for inland steel. Are they going to build that new building to inland steel at LEED certified? Haven't heard yet, but that's a hell of an expense for inland steel to build a building up there for to move their operations if they have to go to LEED and it's on the city site. So all new buildings on city locations are supposed to be LEED certified. So I'll, I'll give a little tidbit in here. I started to look at some of the kind of climate change reporting, like where they're doing their measurements and measurements of success. What I'll say is that a lot of them haven't yet started or they're just at one check mark out of kind of a five check mark kind of thing. So, or whatever the range of it, but it's just at the start. Uh, it'll be interesting to see at the end of 2022. I know they talked about solar. I know they're talking about capture. Uh, I know they're talking about, um, you know, trying to do infill. Um, so when we talk about vacancies, are we now going to start to see the shift of incentivization? Don't see it in the budget. Don't see it in the budget. So is there going to be an additional request there on that? So that's another one. I want to so, go here. But Don't go for it, Ari. Here's a really good example. The city landfill has removed the $135 fee for uh, Dutch for Elmwood. Yeah. And they've now just put it as a $25 flat fee. 25 or 50, I think that is what I heard. Well, it's 25 because they also get the, the okay. gate cost included in that 50. Yeah. So it works down to 25 bucks if you got wood. Yeah. You That's just going to open up a nightmare. That's because they're going to end up with now all of this wood showing up that they aren't capable to handle. They're not ready to deal with it. Um, it's just, it's going to be an offloading. And I think what's going, you're going to see, Lenore, is you're going to see great advancement in the reporting on climate change and everything initiatives because they're going to move the goalpost. Okay, they're going to take a 110-yard field and make it a 50-yard field and say, look, we've gone halfway. I think we, I think we do guys need to all check in on that because there is a curiosity because, you know, for claims by a lot of the council members and the mayor around the environment, you don't hear it as often as one would think as an expectation. It's almost, you know, it's almost fear, right? Because if I say that, given what there's a perception of Saskatchewan, right? And there is, you know. Um, You'll hear it at election time. Well, we're, we're let, but I want to see action in between. So my challenge out to this council is 
talk about it and share what you're doing. Like if you really are going there, then let's go there and let's learn about it and let's hear what you're doing. That's the challenge I've got out there. I want to test this one, exhibition grounds. What's happening there? Okay, guys, come on. Marquis Downs, Marquis Downs has been closed. What happens there? Well, they uh, somehow you they've know, had. I'm doing my wrap up from the year, guys. It's okay. It? They've had some very big events. They had the Rajmanic Supper, lots, hundreds of people. They had all of a sudden they couldn't hold the equine show because, I mean, COVID, it's very tough. You know, people are on horses, separated, a few people in the stands, whatever. But, uh, and now they're back holding big events still within Prairieland Park. So all the ag people listening should go, hmm. So the ag people that would have been probably further spaced out, that was a risk. But for all the people sitting down inside your main convention center, all of a sudden, it's not a risk for you. And since uh, they had their 10 days of racing last year so they could keep some gambling, apparently they're already negotiating with Manitoba to come here racing for 10 days next year so they can try to do the same. And maybe people should start paying attention. And really, should there be a bar if there's not even really a racetrack? Hey, Isn't well, that supposed Joe, to be there? That's your club, but I want to ask oh. you, what's going on at the exhibition next year? Is there any horse racing? 10 days for Manitoba oh, really to so come in. Okay. Nobody in the stands, probably, like they just did this fall, so that they they held racing. How okay, many people in the city know this. that? Is there preparations for a soccer team coming in? Well, they haven't asked for money yet. And they can't do it without asking for a whole bunch of money from three levels of government. Okay. So I mean, but that's a check-in. Okay. So. Well, they took down the lights. Oh yeah. They've, and they're supposed to demolish some buildings, but they're not really owning up as to what buildings and the city doesn't want to say what buildings. So, so okay. there's a bunch of stuff going on there, but. Okay. Now let me try this one with you. And this one's close to me. So I will divulge that because I'm on the civics committee for Caswell Hill and you know, we're going to go here. The bus barn redevelopment. What do you think happens there? I want the Nordic Spa to go in there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm not, and I'm I'm dead serious about that. If you were to create this incredible resort, this incredible place, this destination draw in the middle of that neighborhood, it would change the whole nature of some of the things that happen in there. <laughs> okay. So but yeah. what do you what do you think happens? What you want happens is what you answered with. But what do you think happens there? Oh, nothing. Okay, Karen? not a whiff. So the city apparently did some reclamation. I read that environmental report before, and it wasn't good. I'm not sure what the outcome of, of the remediation that they did do. Maybe they found out it wasn't quite as bad. I would like to see a next level remediation report. Um, issued out, which they did. I got to give it to them. They did a very thorough job in that report. And uh, so when I read it, it wasn't full of uh, redacted parts or anything, or it wasn't a blank page like the North Library site was. It was a real report for a civic uh, civic site. So, But what can be done with it? If it's turned out that the remediation uh, needs were less than expected, and that the engineers now feel that it's a turned around site. I think the north site has potential because of the historic area of that building, the brick building. But the rest of the site needs to be leveled and put into something, some sort of development like they planned. But the, the, all the planning they did and all of that is so convoluted that there's no clear direction as to where they need to go now. 
that's the problem. They overplanned the hell out of that to the point where nobody knows where they can go. So they need to somehow pair that back a bit. So Carrie, do you remember when they were building on Miwasan Trail and River Landing? And there was incredible talk about how they were going to turn that power station, the old power station, into this incredible restaurant that's going to have a river view. And absolutely, it was going to be the stellar gem. And I think right now you can get takeout and sit underneath it. But again, if the, if there's no market, if there's no desire to fix that piece up, there's no way anything else gets done next year. Hey, hold it just for a sec, though. I've got to I got to disclose that I was working on the bus barn project at one point, and actually we had a viable tenant for the north site, and they were a large business interest that was very interested in it. It was the environmental that fell it apart. So if that was cleaned up, that could create a campus or something like like that. But why wouldn't the well, same I one wanted, that, we're that would have been cleaned up? Sorry. Okay, so I want to just, we've got like a few minutes because I do want to, I think I want to air both this show and our last show kind of also in my sections on, not just as a podcast extra guys, but actually air it online on air too. So I want to just test one more thing. What's happening around the edges of the city? What's happening around the edges of the city next year, 2022? Okay. And I'm just, I want to give you it in this way. Brighton is out there and there's houses going on there, Aspen Ridge and all that area. If you drive out that way or you look out from the Humboldt Highway or you turn and left to go to Waka, okay, you see a lot of kind of things happening on the horizon there. What's happening at the edges of our city? There's hundreds of units going up in that uh, area of the northeast, hundreds of rental units. Uh, so there's Again, the draw on the city, the requirements for services, bus service, police, fire, it's all moving further and further. On the other side of the city, not quite as much. I think that they're still pretty cut off at the Delmany Highway. There's still some little bits here and there, but it's kind of more in other areas. But uh, again, the city has not learned. It's cheap and easy to spread out initially. The problem is the long-term costs. We have to learn how to not just try to take the quick win. We have to do the long-term best thing. The best thing is to start growing as best we can inwards. And I'm not sure I see a lot of direction for that. All right. What do you see happening around the I agree entirely with Carrie. It's uh, You're looking very much at... Um, Moving north and east, uh, Dalmany Road is that cutoff for uh, what you've got there. Um, I think then what will spur the next development is if they ever get the funding to finish that interchange at 22nd and Dalmany Road and to complete that loop around, um, that will change a whole bunch of things. Then they'll build out 11th Street. The compost uh, depot will change and that'll be that. Okay, I want 20 seconds each from you on this. In 2022, at the end of the year, as they're reviewing their 3.5 something budget percentage number for 2023, what's happening to that number? Ari? They're apologizing because it doubled. Carrie? I'm not sure if it doubled, but it's definitely going to be going up. There's things that they did not talk about openly that we pretty well know are going to be impacting. 
you're leaving us hanging. So we'll leave it there because now we got something to talk about in 2022. So thanks to Carrie Tarasov and Aria Vivi. Like, just thanks guys so much for coming on the show. Just really, really appreciate this. Everybody have yourself a safe December as we move through to the end of this year. Take care, everybody. It's Lenora Swiston with Civically Speaking on Saskatoon's community radio station, CFCR 90.5 by the dial. Take care, everyone. Be safe out there.